0: Hello! Choose Trust is our regular podcast looking at how to build high trust relationships in business and the value that brings to everyone involved. I'm Stuart Maester and together with my co-presenter Kevin Vaughan Smith we're writing a book for Economist Books with the same name, Choose Trust. So we thought we'd meet and interview leaders who put some of these principles into practice and hear their real-world experiences of doing so, and the value that brought. I hope you enjoy this episode, and if you do, please subscribe, and of course, please do share it. Hello, welcome to Choose Trust. And this edition of Choose Trust is slightly different because Kevin Vaughan Smith and myself, Stuart Meister we haven't got a guest here. We're having a chat with each other and we're talking about something very important, Kevin, aren't we?
1: Yeah, I, I think as we work on this chapter on trust in leadership, it's become clear that there are a whole sense of dynamics which are, are probably changing because of the way people's needs and thinking about what they want from leadership are changing and and that's been a very interesting discussion.
0: So we thought what we'd do is have that discussion on this podcast because there are a number of different ways to approach such an enormous subject. Our lens is of course about trust, how to be a high trust leader and why and we thought you'd be interested to hear some of our thinking in this area. And let's start, Kevin. You want to come in?
1: Yeah, I was going to say Stuart, so, and hopefully, if people have got thoughts or ideas, they'll feel
0: free to contribute those, and we'd be very interested in those. Yeah, yeah, because this is a this is a live discussion. Although we're writing a book, you know, it isn't a Bible. Um, you don't hand down these tablets uh, from heaven, and that's it. Leadership is one of those very fluid, dynamic things. A million and one different perspectives on it. Um, everyone in some context is a leader. It's not just about a job title. And so it, there, are, there are so many different ways in which you need to lead in different situations. And so it's very difficult to, to distill that. But there is one thing all leaders have in common, which is that they need followers. In other words, they're trying to take some number of people, whether it's one or a 100,000, on a journey of some description And they are offering leadership in that context. And so the starting point for me is that that is why trust is so important. Because if you're asking a number of people to follow you in some way, whatever that means, and we'll discuss what that means in a moment, they have to trust to some extent that this journey is right, that the direction you're going in is right. There have to be some degree of trust. Otherwise, they are simply servants or slaves. They're just stuck having to follow whether they like it or not. Kevin, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I one of the things that you and I have discussed a lot is this idea that leadership is not just a title. You know, you can't just have a it's not always you just have a title of of leader. It may just be that it's a role that people have to adopt. And that goes very strongly to the point you're making. If people are to adopt a leadership role without the title, it absolutely has to rely on that the people that work alongside and with those people trust them in their role of leadership. And and I think it's really interesting, how do we build that trust such that others will accept us taking a leadership role in any circumstance? Uh, and, And that's something that I think all of us can think about, whatever our title. What am I doing
0: to be a leader in my role? Now, one of the really interesting areas we've been chatting about are the different styles of leadership. And, and let me share with you the, the outlines of the discussion. I take as my starting point an idea shared with me by a guy called John Smythe, who is and was has been for many years, a management guru, particularly on internal and employee engagement. And he wrote a book called CEO, the Chief Engagement Officer. And in that, he shared the thought, the question he asked leaders, particularly C- CEOs, was, are you God or are you a guide? And the, the difference there is obvious, which is the God hands down the law and says, follow it and do good luck, do your best, interpret it as you see fit, but get on with it. And if you don't do it right, you'll go to hell rather than to heaven. Otherwise, there'll be punishment involved. Uh, whereas a guide, of course, takes people on the journey with them, with him or her. And they typically would make sure that people are on that journey, that they're following them. They know where they're going, that they're OK, that they're, that they're, they're healthy. You know, A guide, it's a, a totally different style of leadership to be a guide. And John's recommendation, as you can imagine, is to be a guide not a god but it's not as simple as that perhaps and Kevin and I have been discussing that haven't we Kevin
1: yeah the, the, much of the book uh, that we're writing is putting a differentiation between transactional thinking and collaborative thinking and uh, I think a lot of, uh, a lot of that god and guide has led us into discussion about is this a transaction or, or not And even in the guide sense, um, if it's not collaborative, if we've not got the true visibility of where we're trying to get to, clarity about our shared ambition, our shared destination, it it tends, in my feeling, to fall back towards transaction. Um, And that's really, uh, perhaps we're redefining leadership in a different way. It's not... Uh, whether I'm transformational or I'm delegative or authoritative or transactional or participative it really is whether I'm a trust leader whether I I exhibit uh, the investment to get people to buy in and not only buy in but also to to modify share change the ambition that we think we can achieve together and then to define the behaviors that support that that shared ambition and the capability will invest in making sure that relationship thrives. I, I I just think that that model that we've got of of the trust triangle, as we we know it, clarity uh, uh,
0: and um, character and capabilities, may be a new leadership definition. It's interesting that because let's just let's be clear what we're talking about when we say all that, right? So a transactional leadership style. Star- is one in which there's a deal effectively by and large. You do certain things in return for money. For example, if you're talking about leading an organization. So a classic example might be in professional services where people flog themselves to death often early in their career, get paid very well, but they're doing so in their step up the ladder to partner where the rewards may be enormous. And that's a very transactional situation in many cases because they're doing it in return for the reward. The reward is the reason, often the reason they're doing it. Of course, some people have much greater purpose in it, but, but speaking very generally, in many cases, that's the situation. And in some cases, not all, but in some cases, they're doing so, frankly, in a, and they're not even happy. They're not getting meaning, purpose, all those other things, but they're getting a lot of money. That's a classic... And, the, and you could arguably there is still a high trust situation there because the organisation or the leadership of the organisation is saying, here's the deal, guys. You will. We're really clear on what we're trying to achieve, which is maximising profit. We're really clear on the behaviours we expect of you, which is to do these things really well, please our clients, make tonnes of money. And we're really clear on the deal between us, if you like, the capabilities that we all need to have in order for this to be true. And if you do those things, you can trust that you will get the rewards. That is a very transactional situation. It is true in many many organisations, and it, it it kind of works. It kind of works in many cases. You know, these are highly successful organisations in many cases. The a more collaborative style of leadership, of course, is very different, and it's a much more we not me approach to leadership. But nevertheless, it also requires. Um, it, in some ways, it's more complicated, but it also can achieve much more. And it's in many ways the difference between di- dictatorship and democracy. You know, the Chinese are showing that dictatorship can work very well too sometimes. But it, is it sustainable? Question mark. Democracy well, I think, has problems point, too. Go, yeah. The point
1: I pick up on what you're saying is that the transactional approach, and I, I think you define define it well. You know, this is what we expect of you. This is the behaviours we want you to, to, to uh, demonstrate. And if you do, this is what you get. That's absolutely clear. Uh, but it's only clear from the perspective of the employer. It hasn't spent any time exploring what actually could you do? And if you were to, uh, what would be an ambition that would align with what we're trying to do? And if we work that way, could we uh, achieve even higher, which is the point that you're making. I think, yeah, being really clear, I wish more employers were really clear about this is what we want of you and specifically these are the rewards. I don't think they are often, but that transactional thinking is rife uh, in, in in leadership stars, And it doesn't, uh, the other thing we were talking about, and I think it's worth just bringing into this conversation is, I said earlier, m- most of the people that are going to be uh, leaders or be led for the next 20 years, 30 years, are what we're all now calling Gen Z. You know, these people born in the last 20-odd years. And there's lots of studies that show they want different things. And I wonder, uh, you know, t- to think about how does trust improve our ability to deliver what they want? So uh, what what they're saying they want, or what what the research is saying that they want, is... First of all, uh, to be known. What is it that you want, that I want in my life? Understand who they are. And then they want opportunities to learn and grow within the job. And then on top of that, they want to know that they're involved and that they're working and valued personally. So they want recognition in their job. And they want a chance to make a difference. So they want to know that what we're doing is valuable and may even be ethical. Uh, And then they're looking for authenticity in the role so and they want to know what am i going to get so they want to get that other transactional response so they want to know what's in it for them and then finally what we're hearing is they don't want to come into the office much um they quite like flexibility in the way that they work so as a leader i think a lot of that transactional stuff is going to be under real threat it's going to be really difficult because it, it avoids asking, who are you? It avoids worrying about uh, opportunities to grow and learn, not learning to be an accountant or learning to be a lawyer or learning to be a doctor, it's not avoiding those, but that's not the growth necessary that these people are looking for. It's not worrying about individuals. It's saying the machine operates this way. And I, I just wonder what you think about the role of trust, Stuart, in responding to these new needs.
0: I think the point you made there is incredibly powerful, and and it starts with the with what you said right at the beginning, which I really want to pull out and big and which is the the contrast between the warm words that people use and the actual behaviours they demonstrate. It's a common theme for us in many of in a lot of the work that we do. So lack of clarity means that. Even the most transactional employers out there—the people who simply are looking, are essentially offering a deal, money in return for work—even those are full of all the warm words, the meaning, the purpose, what we're here for. That you know, the, the, the warm words are not in short supply. Our four values are none of which are actually lived on a daily basis. So the warm, so the even if you're going to be a highly transactional leader in a small or a big situation. Being clear on how what the deal is, I think, is critically important so people can decide whether they want to follow you. Otherwise, you're leading to cynicism and blame when the promise isn't matched by the reality. So that's the, the first thing. The second thing is you're absolutely right. That transactional mindset is cracking under exactly the strain you're describing. And so there needs to be, in our view, and certainly both of us share this, A move towards a more guide based leadership where there's a collaborative approach where people are involved and where you're taking people on the journey with you, even if they're even if they're only going to be with you a short time, because we also know with Gen Z or Generation Z that. They tend to not, they're not thinking in terms of careers, they're thinking if I lend my labor to you for two, three, four years, what am I getting in return? And most employers, frankly, think in the same way too. So that's the deal. But that you want to make that period of time as productive and valuable as possible. And so still building high levels of trust that while you're here, this is what's going to happen is really important. And I think that's a good moment to look at our trust model to spell out how this can be used as a framework to do exactly that. Do you want to take us on that journey, Kevin?
1: Yeah, so the the, the trust triangle that we've created, the three C's, uh, it it really starts with clarity. And, And as we've done all the work in this market, we've come to realize that any other trust model we've looked at uh, has this as a gap, really. It doesn't invest the time and energy to understand what is the ambition, what's the vision that we are co-creating uh, that's, that we both buy into, that we both really value, that we're both engaged with. And, and spending time uh, as a leader with your um, team, your followers, however you want to uh, uh, name them, uh, and really thrashing out what is it that we believe we are going to try to achieve together is critical to any trust uh, trust leadership. Having really spelt that out, the next thing is, like, okay, so what are the behaviors that we're agreeing to, and this is the sea of character, what are the behaviors that we're agreeing to that we believe if we operate with these behaviors will reinforce trust between us and move us towards on this journey towards the ambition that we've built. And it's thinking through deeply, as a team, how are we going to operate? And what happens if we don't operate like that, by the way, um, that, that is the basis for great trust? And then finally, the final C is capability. And this is saying, what is it I'm going to bring? What is it you're going to bring in terms of resources? But importantly, what are we going to do to manage this relationship? Because... Uh, one of the things that as a leader we we have to come to terms with is while we may share objectives and share vision and share ambition, you can never guarantee in life that you'll get to the ambition. But what you can guarantee is if you build trust-based behaviors and operate with them, you'll have a strong relationship no matter what the outcome is. And of course, our belief is, and the evidence says, that teams that operate like this do tend to achieve not only their objectives, but overachieve and achieve not just once, but repeatedly new and better objectives. And that, we believe, is the role of leadership, is to
0: develop trust-based leadership in that way. What's, I think, really valuable in this, and I think you're right, what we're developing here in many ways is a new leadership model, (laughs) Um, is that that works whether you're running a large organisation whether you're running, you were talking about as a board, working together as a board, building, exactly, you know, answering those questions, those three questions, the clarity, character, capability as a board. But also, even if you think about it as a leader, an individual, or you recruit a new individual into your team, for example, if you'd go around that trust model, that triangle, and start with real clarity on what you're trying to achieve with this role, what the role is there to achieve. And indeed, given the, what we've just discussed about the way, for example, people want to feel like they're involved they have purpose what is the ambition of the individual involved in that situation so there's a collective ambition and there's a discussion because their ambition has to match the ambition for the role that they've been appointed for so there's clarity you're not leaving things up in the air you've then got behaviors that you agree between you are in some cases required of that role but in other cases what does this individual bring to that situation that they want the way they want to perform the the behaviors they want to demonstrate checking in that that's all cool and then finally the capabilities kevin says there how are we going to manage not the just the performance review but the relationship review how is it working in terms of a relationship with the individual the individual with the team and so on because we know that success is not just a technical task it's also a task of the relationship of those involved in performing the, the, the task so it works at whatever level, as an working one-on-one, with a team, with a business, indeed with a government, with a country, it works on the same basis. Is there a vision for what we're trying to achieve as a government? And this, you can do this, apply the same analysis. So I think, yeah, this actually, in many ways, is a leadership model that we're developing—the high trust leadership model. Mm-hmm.
1: As you were talking there, I was just reminding, uh, reminded of I used to coach people on um when they were being interviewed for senior roles and one of the questions i would always have them ask is let's imagine they were going for a sales director role i i have them say look this is great i'm interested in being involved potentially working with you but tell me what were the key problems that you were hoping a new sales director would be able to address or alternatively if you had a new sales director What would that allow you to do that you can't do today? And apart from listening to the answer very clearly, uh, carefully, what always struck me was how ill-prepared or well-prepared the interviewer was for that question. And it really said whether they had a, a clear ambition for this new senior person in the role or whether they were just filling a seat. And it's that kind of thinking to make sure that we have shared ambition with our leaders that i think is one of the key things we've come out come from me come to me out of this conversation so um very interesting
0: well it raises you've raised a really important point that may be a good point for us to begin to to finish on but it's this a lot of this stuff when you even as you talk about it like we're chatting about it now It sounds kind of soft and fluffy, doesn't it? It sounds warm and cuddly. We're going to be nice. We're going to consult. We're going to have the right kind of behaviours. All very lovely. But actually, this is really hard-edged, tough stuff we're discussing. So, for example, one of our five key behaviours that we call out is honesty and openness. So being very honest about when things go wrong as well as they go right, being not not avoiding the difficult conversations would be, for example, typically one of the behaviors you might ag- agree up front as a leader that you will both expect to demonstrate and expect from a person you're leading. So that there's, there'll be performance metrics you have to uh, hit, which will be in the clarity stage. And we're really, really clear what we're trying to do together in, in no uncertain terms, that this is a high performance conversation not a warm fluffy cuddly one and so i think that that point you have just made kevin is a really powerful one which is this is about hard business and performance issues but delivered together by people who trust each other and that's got to be the right formula for better more effective outcomes well on that note thank you for listening to this podcast if you enjoyed it please listen to others in the series choose trust please share it comment on it recommend it do all the usual things that podcast podcasters ask you to do and we look forward to the next one when we're interviewing another very senior person on this issue of how you get to choose trust cheerio